In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Well, how do we not take things personally? Well, for me personally, I just take it personally. (laughs) (laughs) Before we get too far into our show, you are listening to GirlfriendIt Radio with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, where we rally you to do the remarkable through resources and relationships. And we'll have more information about today's show and other tips and tricks on our website at GirlfriendIt.com. And don't forget, you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Well, back to our original question for today. How do we not take things personally? Um, well, we asked this question because today we'll, we will be talking with our guest, Amy Boye, who, along with her husband, Brian, wrote a book about this topic. Okay, so how many times have we as leaders of organizations or churches or nonprofits, whatever we're initiating, heard the phrase, it's not personal from people? Well, we hear it a lot, and I think you say it to yourself a lot, and it, it can be personal on so many levels, even though you keep telling yourself, I'm not going to take it personally. Um, sometimes all it takes is a look. When you, you can you know walk into a room and you might see someone have eye contact, um, we call it the stinky eye look, when, when <laughs> someone kind of looks over at you and, and you think... With a little glare in their eye? Yeah, you're going, what, what did I do? What did I do wrong? And, and you, you start thinking, I need to go talk to that person. Did I offend them? Did I? All because of a stinky eye look. I know. Well, and you can also take something personally by people's actions. And I remember, and you know what? I got to tell you, I can tend to take things personally because I'm more of a feeler. Yes. And then like you're talking about the look, I can, if people can have a bad day, it's like we project, you know, with our facial expressions, things we don't even realize we're projecting. Yes. And yet if we're looking at somebody and look at the look, they might not be aware or they might be in you know, thoughts of yesterday, well, and we're projecting it onto today and to us personally that they don't like us. And, and we laugh because when we're up speaking in front of a room full of women, there are some women that will just have this very stone cold, you know, their, their mouth is in a frown and sometimes their eyes are like closing and you think, oh my word, we have so lost them. We are not making that connection. And they'll come up to you afterwards and go, I love that message. I love, and they'll give you like specifics. Detailed specifics, and you're going, well, your face sure wasn't showing it. <laughs> we weren't feeling the love or the vibes on that one. Well, I remember uh, years ago when we were first starting speaking, we were, we were in Missouri, actually, and we were with this group of women that 
we, well, we, we can be a little quirky sometimes, you know, and we, we were like very excited about being with this group of women. And so we had to go into another room for, I think it was a dinner, if I recall. And so we were the first ones there because a little excited to spend time with the women, you know, and hobnob. And so we walked into this room and all these round tables. So we sat down at a table and we were just sitting there with smiles on our faces and we were just, you know, enjoying the thing. And I start noticing um, that as the women are walking in, they're walking in in little groups, and nobody's coming to our table. They're all picking other tables. And I start noticing this, when you're, you're just kind of still in your land far away, just enjoying things. And Oblivious. I lean over to you, and I go, Patty, I don't think these women like us. And you're like, why wouldn't they like us? And I'm like, well, nobody is sitting with us. Do you notice it? I mean, I feel like I was in junior high again. Well, and that's such a foreign concept to me because first of all, they didn't even know us yet. And so for you to say, I don't think that no one's sitting here with us. No one's coming over here to us. They don't like us. It's like, first of all, what's there not to like about us? And they don't even know us yet to not like us. Well, and in my lens, because I'm a feeler and I take things personally, I'm reading the vibe and the body language going, but they're not sitting at our table. So they must, therefore they must not like it. And I was really taking it personally. Then we came to find out they were assigned seats. And so then I was like, oh, phew. Cause it, but you, it's so easy to go there in yeah. your head and yeah. in your mind and, and to feel it and to take it personally. Absolutely. And that is why we have thought of all the wonderful things that we can put into place to go how to not take things personally. What can we do to not think, take things personally? So we've come up with five ways to help you over, overcome the taking it personal syndrome. And should I give a drum roll? Are you about ready to give me yes. the top? Is this a top five or this something is, like this is the top five, but I'm, I'm laughing because, um, we're going to have to commit to taking them and, and really using them because we can talk all we want. So what you're saying is we have to practice what we preach right now. Basically. All right. All right. Okay. So, so enlighten me with, with tip number one on how to not take things personally. Tip number one, listen to your, your inner head and and really have a good conversation with it. So what are the stories that you are telling yourself? Um, usually they have nothing to do with the facts, but reflect more of your feelings and your interpretation of a skewed lens of what you're going into. Kind of like my Missouri story. Exactly. Yeah, so, it was not based on facts. It was based on feelings and my interpretation. And you might even be going, okay, what happened? Was there a junior high lens there that maybe you were, <laughs> you were sitting at a, in the cafeteria and someone didn't come over there? I mean, we really, those, I know. I don't that like hurt. that. That hurt. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember the cafeteria days though, so. <laughs> but somehow there was a skewed lens that brought you to that moment that you're looking at it going, why aren't these women sitting with us? They must not like us. And that, that wasn't a fact. The fact was, yeah, there was pre-assigned, you know, seats and they were going to their personal table, but something brought you to that point. So you're, you're listening to those, whatever conversations that are, so those stories that we do tell ourselves can be, can be deadly sometimes because we don't, we can, and we always make the stories that we tell ourselves a little more drama queen ish. Yes. Yeah. You have that drama queen storyteller in your head that you have to turn off and go look around. What, what are the facts here? Just like when you walk into a room and you're going, why are they giving me the stinky eye? 
And it's, they might have something in their eye. Well, and I think another thing with going with this thing of how, what are the stories I tell myself? You start looking and listening to the own, your stories that you tell yourself and go, is there a pattern to my stories? Am I always the victim? Am I always the one that is rejected? Am I always, and fill in the blank, and start going, okay, there's a pattern here to the mm-hmm. stories that I'm telling myself, and I'm not kind to myself, and I'm taking this way too personal. So I need to break this. I need to stop this. I need to change courses, yeah, which change- is hard. Change the pattern because then it's you become you become your own story that you're telling in your head. So exactly. If you're thinking, oh, they don't like me, guess what? They're not going to like you because you're not fun to be with because you're so focused on they don't like me, they don't like me, oh, poor me, oh, no one's sitting here. And the next thing you know, you are oh, poor me, and no, no one wants to sit with you. Well, tip number two, All not right. everyone is going to love what you do. And, but I want them to. Yes, yeah. We're the people pleasers, and, and God tells us not to be pleasers of man, but it's really easy to get caught up in that instead of just going, okay, where is God putting me? If, I, if I'm here for just the audience of one, which is God, then why am I so hung up on what everybody else is saying or critiquing on, on what I'm doing? Well, and we, we really do have unrealistic, unrealistic expectations in this area because we want everybody, whether we're writing a blog, writing a book, um, doing art, an artistic painting or giving a talk, we want everybody to applaud and love it. We want to hit it out of the park absolutely, every time. Absolutely, absolutely. And we have to realize that not everybody is going to applaud us and be our cheerleaders, and we have to be okay with that and go, I am, that still doesn't affect, I'm still good. I, and what I'm doing is still good. There will always be those that criticize, and, and it's not for them. But there will be those that will love and appreciate what we do. And it might just be for that one person. Mm-hmm. God might put one person that you are bringing value to by what you're doing. Exactly. And that's what it's all about. It's about making a big deal about God and bringing value to that one person. But we want to hit the masses, and we want the masses to love well, we live in a thing. world right now that values the masses, and it's all about all the hits we get, the likes we get, and the numbers. It's all about the numbers anymore, and God doesn't operate in that, that realm, but we do so many times. So, um, again, not everyone is going to love what you do, and you got to be okay with that. So, so, so give me tip number three. Tip number three, people are busy. And because so I can't they're take busy, it personally because they're busy? <laughs> absolutely. They're just busy. And sometimes emails get lost or buried. Um, you're not, they're not intentionally not calling you or, you know, returning that phone call. Uh, it just, sometimes it gets overlooked. And I know we are, okay, especially right now with smartphones, smartphones like truly dumbs me down. So it's not a smartphone for me. So this is, this is my <laughs> excuse. I will get emails on my phone and then I don't want to take the time to do the text message back or to type the email back on my phone. So I'll go, oh, I'll wait. And when I have a little bit more time, I'll go sit in front of my computer and answer that back. Well, by the time I get on the computer, you have a hundred more emails that has now buried that one and it's not highlighted. So you think, oh, I've already dealt with it. So I need a better system on this. And, and you unintentionally gets buried, yes. and then the person thinks they start taking it personally, going, "They don't want to answer me back. They don't like what I just asked." And we do that too for other people. It's like when they don't answer an email, and we, and then somebody will come back in and going, "I am so sorry, it got buried." And you're like, "Oh, I'm yeah. so glad I was taking it personally." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Your buriedness made me take it personally. Yes. Well, tip number four: intentionally begin each day. And what I mean by that is. How can you set the tone of your day? 
So in other words, going back to tip number one, you obviously are, are bringing in maybe non-factual information into your setting of that day. So begin each day being very intentional and set the tone um, by starting out reading a blog. Um, or not reading a blog. Or not reading a blog. And, and you even, you say you don't like to even read Facebook at night. I don't like reading Facebook at night because I'll see a post or two and that can put me in a spot and I can literally lose sleep, not be able to shut down because I'm thinking about that comment or something that somebody just flippantly put out there, mm-hmm. but it sticks because I take it personally. Um, I already hear it personally or the story mm-hmm. that I told and I can't let go of that story. So I have to really not... Um, not not do Facebook. And some people even say, I can't read a blog first thing or do an email first thing because it will, it'll set me on a course and, and that I, I don't, I'm not ready to go down. So how can you intentionally start your day? You know, and, and maybe it's like with exercise, just taking time to, to journal, to be still. Well, and we will come back with tip number five, but the bottom line, you are not what you do but who and whose you are. It's not about how many likes on Facebook. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. Are you fascinated by the stories behind the stories, the people behind their masks, the truth about people's failures and redemptions? in both their business and personal lives. Then Off the Record Secrets of with host Judy Schreiner is for you. It's people's secrets that make them interesting, but very few folks are willing to reveal them unless they trust that their information will be treated with accuracy, fairness, and respect. People have been entrusting their secrets to longtime business journalist Judy Schreiner for the last 25 years, and now she's bringing her expertise and impressive contact list to Rockstar Radio Network. Tune in and call in as host Judy Schreiner talks to guests off the record as they reveal new secrets each Tuesday at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. What time is it? It's MILF and Cookies time. Join the rowdy and fun world of Shannon and Amy, two moms I'd like to Facebook, and catch a glimpse of these two best friends as they enjoy their MILF status and devise ways to keep it. They, along with their special guests, will happily reveal their best-kept secrets on how to feel beautiful from the Inside Out. Some of the fun segments include Happy Hour with Skinny Girl Margaritas, Confessions of a Bad Eater, Making Your Own Money is So Hot, Tips for Keeping Your Milk Status, and Don't Forget the Cookies. We're still moms after all, and best friends are like a good brawl. They never leave you hanging. Shannon represents the ladies in their 40s and is also a woman who came into her cool status late in life after a good long run with a glee club. Amy, on the other hand, is walking the 30 set and as a high school cheerleader has pretty much been cool her whole life. Hook up with hosts Shannon and Amy every Thursday evening at 9 p.m. Central for Filth and Cookies here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. 
And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back. When last we left you on our last segment, we still had not given you a tip number five to how you don't take it personally. And the number five tip was start with an attitude of gratitude. We'll have more information about all these tips on our website at girlfriendit.com after the show. But speaking of gratitude, we are so grateful to have our guests on today. Her name is Amy Bloy. And Amy um, and her husband, Brian, just recently wrote, wrote a book, and it's called It's Personal, Surviving and Thriving on the Journey of Church Planning. And last summer, my husband and I got to spend a week with um, Brian and Amy in San Diego. And Amy and I had some great conversations about this very topic. And, and at that point, their book wasn't out yet. So I was so excited just to, to read about this book, because so many of us can relate to this topic about how do we not take things ser- uh, personally? How do we thrive in, in, in ministries and, and in church planning and in our organizations and be able to really enjoy the journey? Amy Bloy is a pastor's wife and the mother of two teenage boys. She and her husband, Brian, started Westridge Church in 1997, and she has a passion for encouraging and connecting church planners' wives. She loves traveling to sunny places like San Diego and and probably Arizona and shopping for bargains, but her best time is invested in dating her husband and hanging out with her two boys, Taylor and Zach. Amy, welcome to Girlfriend at Radio today. Hi, girls. How are you? We are great, and we are so excited to have Girlfriend Time with you today and talk about this topic of uh, not taking it or taking it personally. (laughs) However, I'm, I'm so excited to be with you. Well, okay, Amy, you and Brian wrote the book, and you have a heart to encourage church planters specifically, but we also know that the the information and what you're going to be sharing doesn't just apply to those that are doing church planning. It's hard to any applies to anybody trying to start any endeavor uh, because you're gonna you're gonna be faced with challenges and obstacles, and you're gonna start taking things personally with with people because it is about the people. So, back into how and why did you and Brian write this book? Oh, gosh. Well, um, we were asked to write the book, I suppose. <laughs> so we we decided that, that we would do it just because um, 15 years ago when we started Westridge, we didn't know other people who were starting churches, and so we felt like we were kind of alone. And um, it's an amazing thing to look back and realize that there were people starting churches similar to ours all over the country, but I wish that I could have had a book like this or that I could have networked with some other people who are doing the same thing that I was doing. And so so now we just wrote this basically for um, young couples who are starting churches to let them know that they're not alone in this endeavor, that this is something that so many people are doing, and yet they're they're also um, just things about our, our story in the book, um, just some life things, just about healthiness in general, I think. And I love it because I know in your book you share a lot of personal stories, and we all learn through each other's stories. Um, and pain is always a great connector. Yeah. <laughs> and unfortunately, we don't want that, but it is those those challenges, obstacles that really connect us, and where we go with each other, going me too, because we do. Like you said, when you were starting, you felt very isolated and alone, and we want to know: Does anybody else struggle with this? Does anybody else feel this pain, or am I doing something wrong? And it can be very validating on our journeys to anything significant to know that, okay, it, it's not bad that you have challenges. That is, that is inevitable. That's part of the journey with all of that. Right. Well, one of the things, Amy, I think for what we hear so often is when you're working under the church umbrella, 
people think it's just the perfect world. And I think that is the most interesting. Um, I, you just, when you hear people, you know, almost being shocked or surprised that there's conflict in, in the church, they think that, you know, everybody holds hands and sings kumbaya all day long or something. And, and you actually, I mean, going from working in the corporate world to then doing ministry, I think that there's actually more conflict and you get beat up more. And I, and I believe because, you take it so personally. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, I guess. And, you know, anytime that you work with people, people were also imperfect to that. Um, when you work with people, we're always going to have challenges like that, for sure. Well, let's, let's take for uh, right away, right here. Let's, let's talk for a few minutes about just how when you're in ministry or when you're starting anything, it takes a tremendous amount of energy um, and time to get anything started. And with that comes the the challenges of how do I manage time? And especially in ministry, because you feel like you're doing the work um, for the Lord. And it's like, it's hard to balance that time in ministry, time with family and time with friends. And I know you and Brian have two teenage boys. Can you just speak and share some stories about how you have learned how to manage all of that and navigate through that? Well, it's, it's such a constant thing, something that we're always reevaluating. And as our boys go through different stages and our church goes through different stages, we have to reevaluate and figure out what's working for us, you know, at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the biggest thing is just that we try to always value our family over ministry um, and just knowing that we have to prioritize our family and our time together because there are so many needy people and people that we care about so much, but church work, um, as, you know, as other things, um, are so, it's just so demanding. And if you just let people totally overrun your schedule, you will find that you have this tiny little bit of time left for your family. And so we try to prioritize our family and to schedule in our family first before we actually even schedule church events. Um, I think the word margin has kind of become our word in the last few years. Just thinking about um, the fact that margin that we have, which is the extra space, you know, the little the extra space that's not completely filled up or completely planned and scheduled, that extra time seems to be the time where God really shows up or where he does something really cool in your family or in your life, um, kind of where life changed even happens. And so we are valuing, I guess, the margin in our life right now, probably above most other things, just a little unplanned time that we get to have these special moments with our kids. Our oldest son is actually graduating this year and going to college. And so I'm really enjoying holding on to those little margin times, um, just knowing that that's where God's going to do something cool and I'm valuing that time together. Well, you know, speaking of that, when you actually put in the family time into your calendar, how do you deal with um, when things do come up and you feel that you're not sold out on the vision if you say, I'm so sorry, I have this family event going on? How do you how do you deal with that? Um, well, there are certain things that are going to come up and you just have to drop everything and go do it. You know, there are people who... Um, have emergencies or they're in the hospital or someone passes away and we have to drop everything, you know. Um, but I think one of the things that we're learning through the years is to say no. And someone told me no 
will be one of your best friends if you can just learn to say it. It's so hard for me to say no because mm-hmm. there are so many wonderful things and people want you to be on this committee and volunteer for this and help start all of these wonderful things. And I'm just having to say no to those things. Um, there's so many things that are urgent, and I feel like we as women are torn between the the important things and the urgent things, and we have to say no to those urgent things so that we actually can do the things that are the most important to us. Well, and as women, we deal with so much guilt when it comes to time because mm-hmm. we've never spent yeah. enough time with family, and yet you have the church family. And, and, and Patty and I heard... Um, was it Jill Briscoe one time mm-hmm. say that she gets up in the morning and she goes, okay, God, which family needs you most today? Your, the, the church family or my personal family? And just wow. kind of being open to that. Because there will be seasons when it is more intense as far as ministry family. And, um, and I, I, I know for us, our kids are grown and we, we just brought them along with us a lot of times on ministry and, and have them feel a part of it. And this is what you do at times. And that was always helpful because then you're doing it with your kids a lot of times and they're getting to see how God works. And that's what you do. You just join God right. and you, and you give in and there, and there will be exhausting times. And it's, it's not anything you do, whether it's ministry or your job, uh, if you're going to do anything significantly, it's going to require time and effort. Well, and I just recently went with my husband um, on one of his conferences, and I had a, a gal in my life that flippantly, I don't think she realized how it came across, but she said, oh, I'm so glad you're finally going with your husband because you travel so much with Lisa. And I thought, you know, from her lens, that was unhealthy for a marriage to always you know, be gone and not doing the same travel time with your husband. But when you're, when you're just working together, you don't think of it as, it's not like we're, well, we kind of are, I was going to say, it's not like we're going on these fabulous vacations together, but but absolutely. But it's funny, even taking in other people in what they see as normal is not necessarily normal to you. And you, I did walk away. I kind of took it personally. Like I had to explain myself that, no, I have a fabulous marriage and I spend, you know, time with Kevin. So you, you do, you feel like you, it, you have to give explanations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there are stages in life and we do things at different stages. I think God calls us to do things and put certain things on our hearts and gives us opportunities. And, and you do that, and then he, you're in another stage of life. And I don't think we can feel guilty, for sure, when we can't do it all. We can kind of be able to focus on one thing that he's put on our heart and given us the great opportunities to do. Absolutely. And I love that season scene because even as our kids uh, grow and change, it changes the seasons and our time and what that looks like um, that we are, you know, can realistically give and and do and what they can do with us and how at some point then they become where they're doing their ministry too. And it doesn't always have to be together. They do their ministry. We do our, you know, we're doing what God's calling us to do. And it can be different sometimes as, as they grow and mature and it it starts becoming their own personal faith. And we start letting that go. Um, when we come back, Amy, we're going to have to take a quick break here in, in, in less than a minute. But we're going to kind of talk about change because when you start anything like church planning, there's a changes involved. It, an organization, a ministry grows, and a lot of times that change affects our relationships and our friendships with people. Yeah. And a lot of times people don't change and grow with us, and that can be painful. Mm-hmm. And we take that very, very personally. So when we come back, we're going to kind of hit the area of 
how does ministry and change affect our relationships inside and outside the church wall? Well, change means adventure, and without change, life can be boring, but we resist that so many times. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Amy Bloy, author of It's Personal, Thriving and Surviving Through the Journey of Church Planning. We'll be right back. This is Girlfriended on Toginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Tune in to the Travel Chick Show with Bonnie Kitohata. Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Bonnie will share with you an hour of travel ideas, experiences, adventures, and tips from her guests. Topics range from local day trips to international excursions, from organized professional vacations to spur-of-the-moment getaways. For fun or business, groups or solo, by bus, car, plane, train, boat, bike, hike, or horse, you'll also hear about travel-related subjects like cultures, travel photography, keepsakes, and more. Whether you love to travel yourself or you enjoy seeing the world vicariously through others, join us and enjoy travel stories from around the U.S. and around the world. For more information on The Travel Chick Show, check out Bonnie's website, thetravelchick.com. Then join us for the show, The Travel Chick Show, live Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time with your host, Bonnie Kitohara, here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Mark Lipinski is coming to Toginet. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski. A live two-hour show Wednesday afternoon starting at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. Creative Mojo. It's fun, entertaining, informative, inspirational, and illuminating. Lipinski has worked on such shows as Oprah, The View, The Joan Rivers Show, and Ricky Lake. He's busy, but he's got the drive to share with Creative Mojo, dedicated to the modern crafter and crafting lifestyle. Dive into the info and enjoy everything from celebs to entertainment news to recipes, quilting and needlework, knitting, painting, woodworking, Christmas crafts, and so much more. This show boldly encourages you to discover and harness your own creative spirit by living creatively every day. For more on Mark and the show, check out marklepinski.com. Don't miss the fun. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski. Wednesday afternoon starting at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back. We are here speaking with Amy Bloye, who co-authored the book, It's Personal, Surviving and Thriving on the Journey of Church Planting. And Amy, you know, starting with anything significant, it is a journey obviously filled with challenges and obstacles, but you can learn how to thrive through all of it and not just survive. And that is apparently what you were passionate about when you and your husband co-authored this book. But let's, let's just shift our focus a little bit towards leading through relationships and friendships. And, um, as, 
that is something that Lisa and I are so passionate about because we, we just love relational leadership because we just find that, um, especially in doing ministry, if you are not pouring into every single individual that you are, are doing ministry with, then it's just you're not staying current with them and some horrific things can, can happen through that. So this is definitely a tough area and one that we can all learn from. So can you just share with us uh, a, a story that you have in, in, as you walked along with a friend or in a relationship where you just, you couldn't help but take it personally? Well, I remember the first time we went to dinner with some of our very best friends, they had been going to our church and we barely knew them and we decided to all go to dinner together. So, um, my husband, Brian, and, and my friends, Michael and Jennifer, we went to dinner to this Mexican restaurant, and I'll never forget, she leaned across the table at the beginning of our meal, and she said, okay, I have to ask you something, and this sounds kind of crazy, but I don't know how to say this. Are we friends, or is this like a ministry dinner? <laughs> I said to her, oh my gosh, we are friends. We're such good friends. And at that point, it's like she could tell that there is the difference between am I on the clock, you know, am I just yes. hanging out with her because it's my job and I am supposed to be the pastor's wife, or do are we really just friends, you know? And um and since then we have just become best friends and we have traveled together and had so much fun. But um I'll never forget that because because there is a difference sometimes when you're working and trying to help people and people want to know that you're their friend. They're not just a ministry opportunity, you know, someone that needs to be helped, but they need to know that, that they're important and that really they're your friend. Well, they're not your project. And right. it's easy for people to go, oh, I must be your ministry project because you're pointing into. And I love that your friend initiated and said, okay, we call it a DTR talk, define the relationship. It's like, <laughs> okay, I want to know what our relationship is right here. And if, if more of us would do that and just clarify the relationships, it would be yeah. so, so healthy for yeah. just our environments. Like you said, okay, so you brought up a good, another good point because there is this debate, even in the church um, community, can you be a pastor's wife and be really good friends with somebody in your church or do you have to only be really good friends with other pastor's wives? And I know there's there's two camps on that a little bit. Um, and when we both have had that, I mean, that's a conversation. So I really should not be friends with Patty sitting next I, to me. I'm right not now. sleeping with any pastors, so it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's a oh, relationship. <laughs> so I, it, it, it is a hard thing to do because if I get really close to somebody in the church and then they leave the church for whatever reason, you're devastated. And there's that whole issue. And, you know, and even as a pastor's wife, when somebody leaves the church and you do hear that phrase, because you and I talked about this, Amy, um, it's not personal, they'll say. And you want to go, it really is personal to me because I, I bleed for this ministry, for this church. And so when you choose not to still be with us in ministry here, I do take it personally. And so it is really hard. And there is that painful part that you have to separate the head and the heart. But that is like navigating through ministry with, with the people part like that, um, that you say, how do you, how do you navigate and not, how do you personally not take it personally? Well, I think anytime that we've loved people and that we've really given something of ourselves and church planting is like, birthing a child you know you feel like this is god's church but you feel like oh my gosh we've given our blood sweat and tears to this when someone says i don't care about this it's like saying i don't really like your child we can be friends but i don't really like and so you do take it personally like you can't help but take it personally but 
the last chapter of our book is when it becomes too personal. And I think we have to step back and look and say, you know what, sometimes people don't understand. Sometimes God actually calls people away from our church to, to another work, and that's fine. And even though you feel so strongly because you've poured yourself into this, we have to realize that this is God's work. You know, this is whatever you're doing. This is God's business. This is what He's doing. And we just want to join Him and be a part of that. And I I have this fear that I would become this old, you know, um, bitter pastor's wife. I don't ever want to be like that. I want to continue to love people. And I read this verse um, in this short devotional about Job when he was hurt and he was struggling, and yet his friends turned out to be really awful, yucky friends. And it said that God began to restore Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. So I guess this is a a new thought for me, but the people who have left our church and who have even said bad things about us on Facebook, I'm starting to pray for them by name and saying, God, actually, I want you to bless them. You know, and it's really helps the way that I think about people who have a different idea about our church, you know, than I do. Well, I I take um, David in the Psalms when he's cursing the enemies. <laughs> so it's good for that me to hear Patty, that. That was Patty, by the way. I just want to clarify that was not Lisa saying that. That was Patty declaring that. <laughs> you pray for blessings, Amy. I love that. Patty pays for cursing. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, I just got to figure it all out, you know. <laughs> but one of, one of my good friends told me, um, I guess when I was feeling pretty pressured to be all things to all people, to pull all of the staff lives together and let's all be best friends, she said, um, this was Emily Morgan. Her husband is Tony Morgan. He's a church strategist. And she told me, she said, naturally occurring friendships are usually best. And so in the church, I think we can have awesome friendships within our church. If not, that would be so tragic to think that I would be a pastor's wife and I couldn't be friends with the people in my church. I mean, I love um, the people in our church. Um, but there are some people clearly that we're going to relate to um, better than others. Some kids who, um, some women who have children the same age as mine, or we wind up bumping into each other at the ball field. Those seem to be naturally occurring friendships, things that don't have to be forced. And it seems like those friendships turn out to be the best ones. I love that because it, the ones that this kind of, they just happen. And and that is so, sometimes we try to force relationships and force something to happen. And it is really hard. And, you know, going back to this whole thing you, you brought up, like with Facebook, when you see people that, um, you know, are being critical, you pray for their blessing, which that's very honorable. And when Mrs. Wyatt next to me is saying <laughs> cursing, um, cause it, cause we, it is really hard. And you know what? It, it's a totally different day and age now with the whole social media. And oh, yeah, yeah. for some reason, people feel like it's okay to vent and to share their negativity, uh-huh. um, with the world. And what you find is negativity attracts negativity. And so you have people that find each other on Facebook that yeah. really don't care about, didn't really care about each other before, but now they have a common, <laughs> they have a common enemy and, yes. and, and now, and they're blasting that. And, and so that's where, it, that's where it's really hard when you read that. And that's why I can't read it at night. Sometimes you see find these yeah. people because it is, you do take it personally. And especially when you're and um, you know, you're doing ministry and you're, like you said earlier, you're pouring your heart in your blood, sweat and tears into something. And it is very personal to you and uh, you, you bleed it. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay. So talking about friendships, um, have you noticed as, as time goes on, it's like how friendships 
they kind of change as time is as you're like, even for you starting the church, you know, 15 years ago, it obviously is not the same church, not the same dynamics as it was 15 years ago. And a lot of times the people that start with you in any endeavor don't usually hang around to the end. And that's painful, the, the letting go along the way a little bit. Like you, like you said earlier, you have, you have to let people go a little bit. Can you address that a little bit for some of those wives that are listening to this going, okay, this is just like, the really painful part. I need to know I'm not alone in this. Oh, uh, yes, yeah, for sure. I, we've certainly gone through that. Um, I don't know. I guess that there's this balance um, between guarding your heart in some ways but taking a risk. And I guess that, you know, Jesus had that perfect balance because he loved people in such a perfect way, and yet they, they took him to the cross. You know, we can love people, but people will hurt us. So we don't want to decide that we'll never love people. Um, so I would, you know, I, I love people. I really do. But um, I would guess that I'm a huge, huge optimist. I've never disliked anyone, really. I've never had uh, people, relationship conflict issues, but I, I definitely feel like, like I'm a little guarded more than I used to be because I have been hurt by people. But I guess with any hurt in life, we just have to take that to God and say, God, you've got to fill us up. We've got to get all that we need from you, you know, not from other people, because when we let him fill us up, then we're free to give to other people. Um, and so it's kind of hard to give your whole heart away if you've been hurt, but just knowing that people are imperfect, they're going to hurt us, but we can't not be friends, not take a risk, just because we know that people could hurt us. And that is so true, because when we when we do get hurt, and all of us get hurt on some level um, by, by another individual, whether it's intentionally or, or unintentionally, and, and we do take it personally, we hold on to that. But it is, how do I handle that? How do I process through that? And, and give them grace and, and pray for them and pray the blessing for them, like you said. And that, that's part of our own healing through that. But it is hard because so many times you just want to go, I'm never going to let anybody in again because mm-hmm. nobody right. will hurt me again like that person did. And that is our, our natural reaction mm-hmm. to that, mm-hmm. that we want to do instead of going, all right, I'll just let it, you know, roll off my back. And it, it does. It sticks. Mm-hmm. It does. Right. It, those things stick. But when you really go, okay, God's going to give me the peace. I know I'm really spiritualizing this now, but God is going to give me After I'm not cursing you, I realize God will give me peace that passes all understanding. And and with that, it's like you said, Amy, when we're really relying on, you know, God and that audience of one, then it, it, it doesn't matter, even though it's it's very painful and it hurts. We know he has our back and there's a bigger a bigger picture there. And um, with that, we are going to go into a commercial break, Amy. So hold all those wonderful thoughts that you have. And we are talking today on how to not take it personal. That's hard. Is it personally or personal? I think I'm doing a really big like grammatical error error in saying that. Amy, do you have insight on that? <laughs> well, I guess if it follows the verb, you can, it's <laughs> with an L-Y. I used to teach oh English, but I'm a little rusty. <laughs> <laughs> well, stay with us. We'll be right back with Amy Boye and don't take it personally.
This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend it radio right after these. Goals, objectives, business and action plans. How important are they for me to manage? Whether you're an executive, entrepreneur, or maybe you're just someone looking to advance your career and want to be confidently prepared for your future, business and life coach Carmen Carosa can help you remove obstacles and move forward in the right direction. Carmen is known as the real-world coach for a reason. His no-nonsense style along with an innate ability to form connections with people gives you a unique opportunity to see higher and further than ever before. We live and work in an ever-changing, complicated world that can leave us with questions about every decision we make. Join host Carmen Carosa, business and life coach, on Forward Motion every Monday at 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Rockstar Radio Network. You will realize dreams and aspirations you thought we're out of reach. Homeschooling? Have questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 central on toginet.com. After a handsome blue-eyed Texan fell in love with Vivian at the Victoria Station in London, she found herself at DFW Airport with a tiny suitcase and a snazzy little duffel bag. Well, 25 years later, she is now happily married to that blue-eyed cowboy. They have four grown children, ages 24 to 18, who became willing guinea pigs when she unwittingly stumbled upon the world of homeschooling. Wildflower Academy flourished for 15 years. They survived and thrived, and you can too. Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do with kids in the summer? How to set up your one-room schoolhouse? How obedience is paramount? And what to do with those snakes? Plus, you'll be sharing ideas and insights that she gleaned from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler. Vivian McNinney, Friday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, we are finishing up our time, and I must say it's gone by super fast, with our friend Amy Bloy, who, along with her husband, wrote the book, It's Personal, How Surviving and Thriving Through the Journey of church planting and we we have resolved the issue that it's personal but don't take it personally so as we're going into this as we're coming down we're going to talk a little bit amy first of all okay we want to thank you again for coming on if we haven't said thank you we just want to say so don't take it personally yes so we haven't said it yet we are very y'all are so much fun (laughs) well you know, we we quirky. We we love fun. That's Wait, one of our core values. We quirky, and we we do radio, <laughs> which is kind of, kind of fun. <laughs> well, Amy, one of the hardest areas for leaders uh, to navigate is through conflict and criticism. And earlier, I thought I heard you saying you haven't really dealt with much conflict, but um, on the commercial break, you were talking about conflict on a, in a closer relationship with closer friends, which is huge because so many women have had to have go patterns through, of conflict. Yes. And, and what happens is they either really understand conflict and they deal with conflict or they just jump ship. And we see a lot of that where you see the, you know, women, they, they're in a Bible study and then 
then they move into another group and then another group and you kind of see this pattern and, and you see that particular person coming and you're like, oh no, don't come into my group, please. Drama. <laughs> yeah. um, so those that never really deal with conflict, they just bounce from conflict to conflict. Um, so it's really cool when you, it says a lot about someone when they haven't done um, ha- had to deal with conflict on, on a personal relationship. But that is one of the hardest things. Can you share some stories and insight in how you have dealt with the conflict? What little you conflict. had. <laughs> conflict in our church. Is that what you're particularly talking about? Conflict well, in actually, our church? I wanted the dirt. I wanted you to really show some <laughs> like major, because that, that's when it hurts the most, I think, is when it truly is in... Well, yeah, about your husband, you know, it's like in ministry, you hear things about, mm-hmm. you know, your husband, you know, that I didn't really like that message, or I remember years ago, somebody sent a note that my husband's pants, they didn't like something about his pants, and it's like, really? That's what right. you're, you're noti- I mean, it's like people will nitpick on certain things that are... Oh, yeah. Did I sign that? I, <laughs> think, I think it, I saw PW on that note. <laughs> Um, but it, it is, it is really hard because at large, because people will flippantly just feel like, and I think I'll, I'll, hear, I'll go back into, it's like people can have discussions about, especially in the church world, people will talk about their church. And it's like, as the leader, as the pastor, the wife, you take it very personally. You hear it differently because we're not just talking about somebody's business. We don't sit around and Why? take mm-hmm. each other's businesses, but yeah, people will feel like it's their right to critique the church. And so right. as, the, as the pastor and the wife or leaders, you hear it very differently, that conversation. Yeah. So in the midst of that, it is very hard to hear the, the criticism and, and the conflict that arises from that. Um, right. have, you, have you experienced that? Please very tell much. me you have. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now that you've worn your think, heart out. Um, I just hung I think, it out there. Okay. <laughs> I think so much of it comes from a consumer mentality that we have in America when it comes to church. We like to stop and hop like we do our, you know, fast food, and we want it to be made our way um, that makes us feel good, and we want everything a, a certain way. My husband right now is in Africa, in Burkina Faso. Um, he left two days ago, and um, when I look at the pictures he sends me of children, one in 3.4 children there will die before the age of 10 because they have no food and water. And that, to me, is what's really important. And so when I I look at investing our lives and stuff like that, and then I hear, you know, just stupid people that say stupid things like, we didn't like that song, or we don't like the furniture you picked out for the atrium. People like that. Um, they put stuff on Facebook and I'm finding that, um, generally they have issues that other people don't know about. And some of the issues that some of the people have that put stuff on Facebook about my husband, (laughs) we, um, I just wanted so much to respond. I wanted to say, so how's your porn addiction? You know, (laughs) I know things about you, but, um, see, you're, you are mean, you are (laughs) David cursing those. (laughs) No, but, but I didn't, I didn't put anything on there and I thought I'm not going to do it, but I want to do it. But I guess, you know, you just have to look at the source of people who are complaining. People don't like change in general. 
and people want it to be all about them. And most of them need to go on a really great missions trip so that they can get some balance in their life. And I'm yes. trying to, I'm trying to put those people in the ignorant category and not allow them to take up time with me thinking about them or stressing about them. Just go, oh my gosh, hopefully they'll get over that. They're ignorant and I'm not going to let them, you know, I'm not going to let them ruin my day. Well, and that's such a good point because we tend to put so much, especially if you're a feeler like I am, you tend to put a lot of emotional energy, spend a lot of your emotional energy on those people trying to pull them back in or trying to make it right. And then you, you're, you don't have the time to pour into the people that are really with you that are really want to go tear up the world and yeah. charge forward. And it yes. is really hard because they tend to take our emotional energy mm-hmm. and we have to choose and go, I'm not going to allow that to happen because there are so many incredible people that are with, with, you know, in the mission and get it and are ready to go tear up the yeah. world for the Lord. Absolutely. That's where we I, need to just really put that energy and go, how can we rally really rally the remarkable that way mm-hmm. and go with those people that go, I'm willing to sacrifice to do whatever it takes to go forward because I believe in it. And, and their attitude is really, we're doing it for the Lord. And I think that is such a huge lesson, Lisa, believe it or not, I'm validating you. <laughs> that it, it takes a lot of time to finally get that, to figure it out. We have a tendency to, to, I don't know, gravitate to those ones that are wounded and which is, which is awesome. That's what God wants us to do is to help the sick. But you do have to go, where's my balance and how much am I helping the sick and literally dragging them over the finish line rather than focusing on the ones who are racing over the finish line. And you just need to almost spend more time praying for those others rather than how, how much energy are you pouring into them? Right. So, and you know, I, I heard one time, um, well, my son brought home a paper when he was in elementary school. It was a science paper in his little folder, and I saved it because it said, living things grow and change. And, of course, it was talking about science, but I realized that, that has so much to do with life, with, with us as women, with, with our church. If we're not growing and changing, then something's wrong because living healthy things grow and change. And, and as we change through the years and our church changes, Sometimes that does bring about criticism, but I just realized, hey, the train's moving forward. Hop on. This is what God's doing, and we just want to be a part of it. And those people that can't go farther with us, that's okay. They can. I'm not going to focus on them. They're going to. They can go somewhere else. Like that. Well, and absolutely, but you know, this is really hard to get to this point. It sounds like really easy to say these things, but when you, uh, but when it happens and you're feeling it, you have yeah. to get into your head mode and go, okay, my head is telling me. I need to not uh, listen. And it goes back to one of our tips earlier this, this morning with how do we not take it personally is change the stories that you tell yourself because it's so easy to go, um, okay, I, I must have really missed that one. I must have done. And instead of going, no, you know, it's their, it's their, their own issues they're having. And I can't let that affect and really look at the positive. Choose to look at the positive. And the people that, like you said, are, are hopping on board this moving train and, right. and ready to go forward. Because, and it goes back to change. Change is really, it's, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And if anything, like you said, if anything is growing, it's living, it's active, it is going to change. And you have so many people that just want to put their, you know, their heels down and go, I am not changing. And yet then we start spending our time going, okay, I got to bring them along. And they never will probably come along. And yet we've right. missed, uh, you know, a whole other audience that is going, go with me, show me, lead me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> you know, they're screaming for that. And so it really is a choice we have to make as leaders of who we're going to listen to and who we're going to truly allow to really affect our ministries. And, you know, Patty and I always say we fear God more than we fear people. And, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, we're doing this for God and right. God take care of the people, uh, but we got to take care of our hearts and, and do it for the right reason and try to not let, not let our own personal feelings get in the way mm-hmm. with all of That's that. Good. Yeah. I think we can love people and we'll certainly take it personally if we've loved people, but we can't take it too personally. <laughs> it's God's exactly. church and he can handle it. Well, Amy, we have we just have about two minutes. This has gone by very quickly because this is a topic that is really so relevant to anybody doing anything, whether it's church planning, ministry, or just in their own areas of business or or a nonprofit or whatever they're doing. Because change happens in companies and organizations, and and you have to have people along with you on the journey. And with people comes a lot of challenges, obstacles, mm-hmm. baggage. Um, expectations, unmet expectations, agendas, hidden agendas, all of that comes with it. And it is difficult to navigate through through all that. Um, so in less than two minutes, tell us a little bit overview of the book, what people can expect, and um, we'll, we'll have information on our site of how they can find your book. But again, thank you for just being real and honest with us and just sharing your heart because we know so many women have been encouraged by by your, your life experience today. So leave us with just kind of an overview of, of your book and your experience. Okay. Well, um, a lot of it's our story of things that, that God's done at Westridge Church, um, really about our family and our, our two boys. And when we began to write the book, we didn't really mean for it to be all about our story, but I think people love to hear stories mm-hmm. and people can relate to it. So, um, you know, we talk a lot about growth and change and friendship, some of the things that we've talked about today, just being authentic, um, just about launching a church. How do you know you're even called to start a church? But how can you thrive? Um and through all that, I think the biggest flag that we're waving with this book is healthiness, um, healthy marriages, healthy friendships, and healthy families. And like the title reflects, not just that you can survive that, but that you can actually thrive in it, really whatever you're doing, that church planting is just an amazing thing that God is doing. We're just so excited to be able to join Him and that we can thrive in that, not just survive. I think for whatever women are doing, whether it's a business or, you know, being a mom or um, a nonprofit, that we don't have to just survive. We can thrive and that God has some, some um, He just has a desire and the plan for us to thrive and to be healthy in whatever it is He's called us to do. Well, again, thank you so much for sharing your heart. We have to go, and we just encourage you to thrive wherever you're leading this day. We'll have more information on our show on GirlfriendIt.com. Have a great day. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the show 